So we're here with Juliana Olson at the Lights Out Recovering Our Night Sky exhibit here at the Smithsonian. Um, and Juliana is an exhibit writer and editor at the Museum of Natural History. In order to write all the labels visitors will hopefully read, it says Wonder. here, she's <laughs> constantly learning about new topics, exploring the collections, and going on field trips to fossil digs and dark sky sites. She holds an MA in Museum Studies from John Hopkins University and a BA in Film Studies and Integrative Biology from UC Berkeley. In 2023, she celebrated 10 years at the Smithsonian. Um, you know, it's interesting that you have to go out and experience it. How was the dark sky sites? Well, did you get to see some beautiful yeah. starry skies? And, and where did you go? Uh, we went on a trip to Countersport, Pennsylvania, and we actually end up featuring that a little bit in the exhibit itself. We have a dark sky theater, an immersive theater that has some time-lapse footage mm. from Countersport just because it was such an amazing experience for our mm. core team as the kickoff to go out to a dark sky site and really, A, get to look up, have a tour, have mm -hmm. someone, you know, with one of those laser pointers point sure. out all of the things that you could see and listen to that soundscape feel what it's like to be out there and that mm. really kind of informed a lot of the feeling that we wanted to evoke in the exhibit of this mm. you know awe the wonder but also it's just it, you feel like a little kid again you get to go outside and look at the stars sure. so um so that's stay, up late. stay up late <laughs> yeah stay up late <laughs> um, so so it was yeah it was it was a great kickoff experience uh, to have that so you, yeah. you you wrote everything that's on these on the walls in this. Yes, I did. <laughs> How do you determine the order of, of yeah. which way Good to question. go? Which way to go? Or like like where do you start and where do you end and what's Our, in between? Yeah. Well, so that's probably more of a question of process. So the way sure. the way that we work on exhibits here at this museum is we'll have a core team of you know a writer, editor, mm. a designer, an exhibit developer, also project manager, and then whatever content experts. Um, so sometimes, depending on the exhibit, maybe they are our own curators or they mm. might be external experts. Um, you're the storyteller. Yeah. Right. Well, so I'm the one in charge of the words, but okay. together what we do early on is figure out what is the big idea of mm. this exhibit? What is it? So the big idea of this exhibit, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, so it always has to be about like one sentence, but, um, it's that the natural night sky and it's lost due to light pollution affects mm. all life on earth, you know, so from natural, all living beings, yep, yes. from natural ecosystems to human cultures. Mm. Um, but also that there are things that we can do to recover it. You know, so, we say all the time, yeah. like folks listening to this program out there right now, this is a solvable environmental problem. Actually, yeah. most, a lot yeah. of environmental problems, we yeah. can't fix those problems. Um, it's very difficult. Yeah. We talk about mitigation. We thought light pollution can mm. be solved very, very quickly. Right. I mean, and this is something that, you know, when I've given tours to visitors and stuff, we'll talk about plastic pollution. If we stop producing plastic today, we're still stuck with all of this plastic that we've made. Mm -hmm. Or carbon emissions. If we cut all carbon emissions today, you still have all this carbon in the atmosphere. And it's probably going to rise a little bit more mm -hmm. with residual. And then you're, you're, you're stuck with that for a while. Mm -hmm. But with light pollution, like the second you turn off a light, it's gone <laughs> right so like it's a, or the second you shield the light it's gone you know um mm -hmm. so it's a solvable problem but at the same time realistically you know you have increasing light pollution at about like nine percent a year mm -hmm. uh, i don't know if you saw that recent 
um, study that came mm -hmm. out using the citizen science data from Globe at Night, mm -hmm. like that's that's in that's in the yeah. developed West. Yes. So yeah. it, when they say it's not like there's different areas, so there's many, yeah. um, you know. Uh, but the reality yeah. is, is that it is growing. Javon, Javon's paradox, like how was saying, yeah, we found ourselves squarely there now. Yeah. Where the, you know, but it, it, what's interesting about light pollution, and if you're an environmentalist and you're listening to this, like the number one way to combat those carbon emissions that's effective right now is yeah. to combat light pollution. Actually. Yes, it's it, like it's all part of it. And again, mm -hmm. it's this issue of all the issues we're seeing today are very interrelated. So mm -hmm. we're talking about biodiversity loss, you know, mm -hmm. the big insect apocalypse that we're having right now. It's for a lot of reasons, you know, mm -hmm. habitat fragmentation, pesticide use, like all sorts of things. But light pollution is also a big part of it. That's right. So you have a lot of these big issues and light pollution touches on all of them. And so this is this is a great way, like, A, it's a great story to introduce people to a lot of mm -hmm. kind of issues going on in the world today. It's but, also a visible symbol. Yeah. Yes, it's so visible, right? That's the whole thing. You know, like you can't see carbon yeah. emissions. Yeah. You can't see plastics. I mean, yeah. some people yeah. can see plastics in the ocean, Scotty, the producer. I can see look at it. <laughs> but, you know, some people can yeah. see them, you know, but yeah. everyone, you know what the thing is? It's that people don't even know they're seeing light pollution. Right. That's part of the well, problem. And that's, well, and that's the thing. It's like, it's visible, but it's invisible at the same time. So we have a panel up by our, like, history of lighting, kind of how did mm. we get here? Talking about people's changing opinions about lighting. And mm -hmm. there was a period of time where artificial lights were this magical, mm -hmm. you know, like, People had feelings well, like, oh, and they were, they were really Christ into is it. the light yeah. of the world. Like, yeah. you think about it, these light in the darkness and culturally, going back to hundreds and thousands right. of years. We have the dark ages versus yes. enlightenment. Every, yeah. Every, yeah. Everything in there, like if you go through our Jungian past or whatever, everything is yeah. light versus dark. Right. And we have to now, in, in a way, embrace the darkness as being good. Yeah. And that's very difficult. Well, it's, well, it's embrace the dark, but also embrace the natural lights. And so that's another sure. thing that we tried to emphasize a lot in the mm -hmm. exhibit is that when you turn out all the artificial lights, there's plenty of natural light. It's true. Now, unless there's a ton of cloud cover, but you know, um, but this was something actually when we were doing, you know, visitor testing mm -hmm. at the very, very beginning, we were kicking things off and we were showing people the Bortle scale and pictures of night skies. Mm -hmm. And we were asking them about, you know, like, what do you think a dark sky is? And it's really funny because we had, I don't even like kind the term of, dark sky. I know, but we, well, that's because, so we had a split of people where some people understood dark sky to mean a sky like this with no artificial light pollution, mm. um, no artificial lights, but plenty of stars visible in the sky. And mm. then other people thought it was the absolute inverse of there's a ton of light pollution, so you can't see anything. Like the sky just looks like this big the, black listen. thing. So it's really interesting that the same term yeah. could have totally different, totally different meanings, be confusing, confusing, but also at the same time, people are kind of understanding the problem. Right. So yeah. we, we, the, we have a foundation that we're managing we're starting it off, so uh, we need help, <laughs> just like any other charitable institution. But, you know, one of our board of directors, they always talk about preserving the night mm -hmm. and restoring darkness. Mm -hmm. Because, first of all, the idea of the term dark sky, it's, first of all, it's brooding. It's the future's going to be bad because mm -hmm. the dark skies are ahead, right? Or you can't mm -hmm. go on your picnic. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that, you know, with that is that, it doesn't translate into other languages very well. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That term doesn't translate well. Yeah. And the final thing is there's no call to action. Yeah. Right? And so that's why we like to use it. That's why I like lights out covering our night sky. Yeah. That makes sense to people when you read that. Yeah. Explain it. 
right? So the, the movement that we're working on here, there's nothing wrong with saying, and I love the International Dark Sky Association. We love the work they do. Yeah. Okay, so we're not yeah. criticizing them specifically. We just, I think that new words, and you're a wordsmith, mm -hmm. like lights out, recovering your night sky, that yeah. resonates with people right away. They know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think that's very important. And lights out was also kind of playing on that, that duality of it's both the solution, right? Like turn mm. off your lights, but it's also talking about this problem of like the natural lights, all the starlight is going out, so, mm, right? Mm, like you can't see it anymore because of all this artificial light. Tricky, tricky. So, so, it, so it played very well. <laughs> we only got like one or two visitor reactions of like boxing. Yeah, but I think, you know, given the imagery, people immediately get it. What are yes. you talking about? Yeah, and then that's the you know that's where that word the, how you describe things and how then it translates into other languages. Mm -hmm. Us English speakers, we usually only speak English, mm -hmm. you know. Whereas people that speak other languages, they usually speak English and another language. Yeah. So, but I mean, we have to think about that. Um, when you're you know you started this process, this particular exhibit, mm -hmm. you did the you did the field trips, you went and saw it. Mm -hmm. How did you start? What was the first thing that you wrote down? Do you remember? <laughs> well, so I remember we we had rented like an Airbnb. Mm. I'm looking at Jill right now. <laughs> um, we'd rented an Airbnb. We had the core team there, and we had like big kind of poster boards just up in like one of the main living room areas, and we're all just sitting there just thinking of different ideas because we'd done a little bit of reading ahead mm. of time. We'd done like a little bit of research reading yeah. ahead of time. I saw Paul um, Bogart's books yes. back then. Yes. Yes. Or in the maybe it was in the museum. Thing yes, but yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we have a couple quotes from him throughout, mm. and um, and we tried to put quotes from a lot of different people mm -hmm. and, and stuff throughout. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, we wrote down a lot of ideas, mm. and we had things from, you know, the ecosystem impacts, cultural impacts, um, you know, just just kind of getting all the ideas out there. And then mm. once we figure out that big idea, then you maybe come up with you know, like two to three supporting main messages. And then mm -hmm. every piece of content in the exhibit has to relate back to one of those main messages and supporting the big idea. And if it ends up being a little bit off topic, then you have to cut it, mm -hmm. right? Or like, even if there's a story that's great, but you don't have room for it because you've prioritized something else. Mm -hmm. That's the point of an exhibit though. It's like, you're not comprehensive. You're not a book on the history of light yes. pollution, right? Our, our goal is to introduce people to this topic, mm -hmm. get them thinking about it. If they want to learn more, there are resources out there. Like yeah, this yeah, podcast, you're right? Letting them, yes. You're letting them dabble yes. in different areas. Exactly. Yes. And, but you're like- The you're, art, the spirituality, yeah. the electrical yeah. side of it, yes. Yeah, and so you know, providing things for visitors to connect with, and mm. then they can go off in their own lives Yep. and learn more mm. and like and hopefully they want to learn more mm. but that's what you're doing like you can't be concept comprehensive because i mean that's not the point when you go to a museum you don't want to stand right. and read a book right yeah you want to flow <laughs> right? through it you got your Both kids experience. Right. Holding, you got two kids with you exactly and what you see here right. you know that it matters it's in the right. smithsonian right and well and for a lot of our visitors uh, this is a issue particularly with the smithsonian it's like People are here. This is their one time maybe in their life that they're going to come here and they're hitting up three Smithsonian museums in one day. Yeah, it's a lot. You are one museum on their trip and you are one exhibit within that one museum. Yes. You know, like, and they want to see the Megvedon. Right. And, right. And they're like, and they're on a time crunch. So you got to, you know, 
keep it brief. <laughs> yes. And I think that's the whole point. What a wonderful job, Julianne. It must be so, I can think about it. Like, yeah, yeah. if I can go back and do it all over again, I, yeah. I think I'd want to be a museum exhibit designer. I, I really like it because I get to do a deep dive in a topic for a few years. Sure. You get really into it. And then you get to move on. Yes. And you move on to the next learn one. You yes. know, and you learn something new. Yep. So you get to be yes. like an expert generalist in a sense. <laughs> like well, it's also interesting and exciting, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to to Leo. Like nobody knows what's left on the cutting room floor, so yes. to speak, right? Yeah. But you do. I do. <laughs> you know? And I, I have this belief, and I'm gonna go way off topic here, mm-hmm. Greg, but yeah, I think do. I think that you know, if I was to coach people in careers, which I don't do, so nobody listen to me. <laughs> but I would say, I think you got a five to seven year run at anything, mm-hmm. and then you get bored. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm stuck in my job. Well, how many years have you been in a job? Five years. Yep. You're stuck. You got to do something else. You got to change it up. You got to mm-hmm. get a new job. With your job, that cycles is almost naturally. You cycle yeah. through these exhibits. I love it. Yeah. So, so you get to change up what you're learning about uh, and what you're doing. And then of course, like the field of museums changes and yes. like, what people are interested in learning about or the technology or are thinking about how visitors behave in exhibits mm. will, will shift. And so you'll try new things. Mm. Um, so in this exhibit, we have a few labels that are, you know, dealing with this idea of essential questions. So it's an open-ended question that asks visitors to draw on their own life experiences Mm -hmm. and not just be like, Hey, we're a museum and we're telling you like, here's what to do. And here's the final word Mm -hmm. on anything. Like you're trying to really get the visitor to engage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that we've been testing out a little bit here too. So this exhibit, we got to try to do that more than we've done in other exhibits. Yeah. And, and when you do, and let's say particularly this mm-hmm. exhibit, mm-hmm. do you work with external organizations ever to get the content that you need? I assume. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, so this exhibit in particular, just because so much of the content is external to what we do. Yeah. Like we don't have any curators or researchers working specifically on light pollution, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't have a bat researcher who's specifically working on how bats are affected by light pollution, for example. So you got to go out and you got to look for those papers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went, like we've talked to Hal, Uh, you know, we went, we went next door to get his expertise. Um, And then obviously we've worked a lot with the international dark sky association Mm -hmm. because you know, they are the ones doing the work on this. Um, There's also (laughs) lights out that other organization, the other lights out organization um, doing the work on birds and migratory birds. And so we've worked with them. So this particular exhibit was one where we had to, you know, go out and talk to a lot of people outside Mm -hmm. of our museum versus maybe other exhibits like our fossil hall. Like Mm -hmm. that's working with our own researchers. Yes. You have your own PhD people that are Digging. Actually, you can yeah. see them, folks. If you come down yeah. here, you could. They actually have a display where you walk by, and the people are working on the fossils right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Actually, yeah. I really enjoyed that when I was here when I saw that. So, yes, Juliana, is there yeah. any final thoughts you have for those out on the live stream listening to this now? Come down to the yeah. Smithsonian. Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Um, I don't know what it's. It's that issue of once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, it's true. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and Jill, Jill is reminding me another outside organization we worked with was the world at night. Okay. So this, uh, group of photographers mm-hmm. who go out, like they're the ones who did all of this night sky astrophotography. Wow. Um, and so working with them was key because we need images to pull off an exhibit. Yeah. 
Reynolds, right? This one started as a photo show. We were, we were told, just do a photo show. And, of course, Jill and I turned it into a photo show plus. Um, <laughs> so like, and for those listening, yeah. Jill is sitting on the other side yes. of the camera giving hey. us signals. Yeah. And she's episode 68 yes. of, Get, of, of Restoring Darkness. Yeah. So if you want to go back and check that one out. Yeah. So it was a photo show plus accessibility features, plus objects, yes. plus like But also it's culturally immersive, too. There's yes. different angles you guys are taking on this thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but in terms of last thoughts, I mean... My experience working on this meant that I suddenly became hyper aware of light pollution. Can't like you, unsee like it. you can't ever unsee it no. once you see it. It's close. Um, and, and so, I don't know, like solving it requires a cultural shift, right? Like we're not all born understanding lighting design, and we're, but we're expected to go out and buy our own light fixtures for our yeah, houses. You know what? Else. You, like, know what? you know what? Like, like, I'll tell you this. Yeah. My, here's my, here's my yeah. take on that. Cause I've spent a lot of time thinking about yeah. this from the lighting industry perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The lighting industry needs to get in, to get in touch with this guys. All you folks in the lighting <laughs> industry that can listen to get a grip on lighting right. and our other shows, it's time for the lighting industry to embrace this issue. Because right. if we're gonna, if it's gonna be solved, Greg Garrett, guess who's gonna solve it? The lighting industry. The lighting right. industry. Right, because the visitors, like they're, you've got five hundred other things to think yeah, about on a day to day sure. basis. Sure. You're kind of hoping that the lighting industry, made of experts, has the lighting, gone, lighting like industry resisted this. Yeah, like made an expert choice. Yeah. So, so the problem yeah. with the lighting industry is that when this is why we called the foundation the Lighting and Darkness Foundation. Uh huh. Okay, is that the lighting industry needs to change? You know, the last hundred years we've had a good run, mm -hmm. right? 110, 120. Hey, when did Edison? Yeah, hey, to something like 150 years, whenever he was firing up light bulbs. All mm -hmm. oh, you know, we start off light. This is great. Mm -hmm. We can see at night. Yeah, I mean it. You know, that's how it all started. Which and, we need because we're diurnal. Yes. We're humans. We we can't see well in the dark. That's right. the entire reason for all of this. Right. But now <laughs> we know. Yeah. And once you once you start seeing light pollution or the bird part is very moving. Yeah. Actually. And then the, when people talk about the amount of birds that are killed, mm -hmm. yeah. it's grotesque, actually. Yeah. yeah. Or the mayflies on the bridge. There's a, yeah. a picture on our social media that Scott, the producer, found mm -hmm. just piles of dead bugs yeah. from light pollution. Yeah. This is really gross. Yeah. And it's time to fix the problem. Right. Well, and and that's where, like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you come and see this exhibit, you can then tell all your friends, be able to point it out to people. And, like, that can hopefully start a cultural shift. Yes. Uh, because, again, This is a cultural like, shift. Yeah. Just having this in the Smithsonian <laughs> yeah. is a cultural, it's like yeah. a signal that the culture is moving in this direction. Yeah. People at this, the museum here that are meant to, you know, record, define the issues of our time have put together this exhibit yeah. and how amazing is that greg it's the best <laughs> yeah. yes yeah i mean because that's what hopefully we're here as a resource for visitors and if these are the types of issues that our visitors are thinking about we want to make sure that our content reflects that and that we're not just saying but like, you also lead it in animals. a way too right? yeah true you're yeah. also leading it you're saying this is something to think about guys right as well well and that's what we can do like we can go to the experts we can go to how sure. we can talk to other organizations we can convene this conversation yes, that's what we can convene the conversation but it's also there to reflect something that people are grappling with yes right and so like you know we're trying to do this because it's part of the conversation everyone's having or should be having <laughs> well juliana thank you so much for joining us today yeah. and for do building this exhibit with jill thank and you. all the other people at the smithsonian <laughs> folks if you're listening to this come on down get down to yeah. dc at some point like jill said you may only do it once in your life 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And you may only come down here, but while you're here, check out the lights out. We're covering our night sky exhibit. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you.